This is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltika Ed. It's the High Gain Podcast again, John. The High Gain Podcast yet again. Yeah. We are in beautiful West Seattle. We are. Slowly but surely, spring is coming. Our neighbors have a cherry blossom tree right directly out our front window. Uh-huh. And they're just starting to peek out the cherry blossoms. Just starting to appear. That's a good sign that the torrential rains are ending. Oh, I thought you were going to say the end times. Maybe. Like a Kurosawa film. Ooh. You're going to find some dead samurai in the backyard next. For sure. Yeah. Are we going to talk about guitars? We're going to talk about guitars, Ed. I've got a guitar here. Yeah. It's a very special guitar in my mind. It fills a niche. Yeah. Let me just give you a couple strums here. This is a terrible idea. Terrible idea, this guitar. Double humbuckers on a Fender guitar. Awful. Beverages, Ed. I went to Uptown Espresso. Uptown Espresso, affectionately known by us as The Foam. The Foam, because their logo is the home of the Velvet Foam. That's right. Which I hate. You don't like The Foam or you don't like the slogan? I don't like the slogan. Why not? It just sounds weird. It's the Velvet Foam. I'm just not into it. It could have been like the Moist Foam. There are probably ways to make me dislike it more. The dank foam? (laughs) Sure. There are things I could like less than the velvet foam. But they make a nice espresso. Yes. They make a nice beverage. What'd you get? Well, Ed was kind enough, you. Right. While you were there to get me one. Mm Mm-hmm. You got me some sort of venti soy latte deal, right? Venti soy latte is what John got. It tastes wonderful. (laughs) Exceedingly smooth. Great. Smooth would work. Smooth foam? Sure. We've established Ed likes to just complain about stuff. That's right. Ed is marching consistently towards curmudgeonville. Right, exactly. And so your mileage may vary on how much you like Home of the Velvet Foam. Have you learned yet how to wave your hand in that particular dismissive way and go, ah? (laughs) No, because I can't sum my dislike up in just a hand wave. It's very specific. You have to include in that why it was better. In the oldie days. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to segue successfully into how much of a shame it is that the kids these days have no clue how good they have it. That's the part that I fail at time and again, because I feel like things are specifically terrible for the kids today. Maybe you're just not old enough yet. Right. That could be. All right. Thank you for the beverage, Ed. Oh, yeah, no problem. This is very delicious. You know what this is? It's a Fender Stratocaster. It is not. It is a Fender. Yeah. From 1981. Okay. This is a Fender Lead 3. Yeah, I think I knew there was a Lead 1 and a Lead 2. How many leads are there? That's it. Three. The Lead 3 was only out for a year. Okay. Late 1981, and by late 1982, it was gone. Huh. It's like a Strat, but now that I say it and you say it's not, the silhouette is different. The upper horn is not as pronounced. It almost looks kind of Mustangy, except it's not an offset at yeah. all. So it's kind of a Strat, but just a slightly different silhouette. It is a different kind of look, but what led to this? I don't know, John. 
The lead series, All Up, the one, the two, and the three, yeah. were introduced in 1979. What was going on that they're putting this thing out in 1979? The double humbucker, not quite strat shape, looks like it's trying to appeal to the metal crowd, but it feels a little early. You know who played one of these on tour at that time? C.C. DeVille. Bono. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Yeah. He's cool. I like him. 1979, Ed. Yeah. I know your son is named Carter. Carter Peterson. I know that he is named Carter after Jimmy Carter. Right. Are you familiar with the 1979 Jimmy Carter swamp rabbit incident? <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm ready. Jimmy Carter in 1979 goes for a little rest and relaxation back to Georgia. Yeah. He's out in one of those flat bottom boats uh -huh. fishing in the swamp or creek yeah. or river yeah. or whatever the hell it is. When he notices a big jackrabbit right. furiously swimming in the water towards his boat. Yeah. Making these kind of hissing, chattering sounds. Uh-huh. And so Carter starts splashing it with the oar of his boat because he doesn't know, like, oh, does it have rabies? Right. I'll just shoo it away. Right. But the press gets a hold of it, and then they're starting to wonder if it ever even happened, and they called it the Swamp Rabbit Incident. Carter was tired of hearing about it, and he released a photograph. They had a picture of it. Pretty big rabbit. There's clearly a fairly big rabbit and Jimmy Carter in a boat splashing yeah. an oar at a rabbit. Yeah, that just sets the stage. Later in the year, Sid Vicious dies. Oh, okay. That's a clear tie-in. 79 is just getting weird enough. Right. Into this maelstrom of confusion mm -hmm. comes Fender. CBS owns them right now. Yep. Sales of guitars overall are depressed, and quality control is in the shitter. The economy is kind of in the shitter. Yeah, not just at Fender, but Gibson, everybody. Yep. So the economy is horrible. Quality control is bad. Features are dopey. It's unreliable. Okay. So Fender thinks, nobody's got the money to pay for a Stratocaster. What do we do that gets people into something similar to it, but at a lower price point? Okay. Let's design something different and unique, but that's in the same family. Oh, man, I could ask you a great question here. Do it. What is the scale length on the guitar you're holding? 25 and a half. So what you're telling me is they're making an entry-level guitar, but at the scale length of the big boy right. Tele Strat. And they're trying to kind of split the difference between the Tele and the Strat. Yeah. So the Strat... The horns and the headstock is reminiscent of it. And For the sure. telly being a hardtail bridge with string through body. Best of both worlds? Yeah, yeah. And this is where it gets more interesting. These two humbuckers yeah. are designed by our buddy. Lovey? Yeah. Oh, my God. Lovey designs these humbuckers. That's a uh, Seth Lover. Yeah. 1910 to 1997, old Lovey. Man, good run. So Lovey's got some things up his sleeve for this new entry-level guitar and these two humbuckers. Like most guitars, this one has a volume and a tone, and yep. that is self-explanatory. So I'm in the middle. Yep. I've got both of these humbuckers on. Of course, you can go to just the neck one. Or just the bridge one.
here, Ed. I'm ready. It gets interesting. There's another switch. I'm yes, ready. Yes, there's another switch. I'll go to the neck pickup first. Yep. I flip that switch up, which means the neck humbucker is now a single coil. Humbucker. Single huge, coil. Huge difference. Yeah. Now I go to the bridge pickup, and this is just regular. Now if I split that one. It's real gnarly. I like where it went when you put a little something on it. Go middle on the pickup, so we've got both pickups. Uh-huh. And now you split just the bottom one. Yes. You so could split just the bottom one or split just the top one while both pickups are on. But you cannot split them both. No. Got it. Both humbuckers are yep. chosen. Yeah. I'll split just the bridge. Here's before. I'm going to split that bridge. Yep. Split that neck. If I go down to single coil just in the bridge, and then I crank that treble, you know, like I like to do. I like the availability of that sound if that's what you want. Yeah. I'm kind of into that. Or I could just go back to where I was. Two regular old humbuckers. I guess I like the simplicity of the control set. I think the thing that it's missing is the ability to split both. So two single coil is missing from Uh this. Well, with both humbuckers chosen and then you split the bridge, that's what we call in the biz the Peterson position. Sure. Love it. I think what would be cool is if you could split them both and have them out of phase. By not having two single coils, you miss the cool out of phase effect. So. Uh-oh. When these were introduced in 1979, yeah, they did have that option. The lead one yeah. had just one humbucker. Okay. And you could split the coils. Okay. The lead two had two single coils. Mm-hmm. And you could throw them out of phase. And then Mm -hmm. the lead three, which came along later, is the one we're playing now. I like a lot about this. It'd be cool if you could split both of these. But getting the Peterson... Peterson position? Yeah, the exactly. (laughs) The the classic Peterson position. Single in the bridge and humbucker in the neck. Love it. You know what the shape reminds me of, too? Travis Bean? It's exactly like a Travis Bean. Yeah. Where the two horns are not exactly the same, but they're pretty close. And I think there's precedent for that, not only in the Travis Bean guitars themselves, which came before this, mm-hmm. but in things like what Ibanez was doing. Yep. That's another driver for this. Copy guitars were kind of mopping up. I think Fender saw that and they were like, yeah, we got to get that price point down. We got to do something that will compete. Yeah. At the time, Ed, in 1979, a standard model Stratocaster yeah. was like 750 bucks. That's like baseline with a case. Yep. In today's dollars, that's like three grand. Right. So then, mm-hmm. if they're trying to undercut that for the beginners, 625. 625, no. 542. No. 
425. Holy shit. So this feels super entry-level, Ben. That's still like 1600 bucks. Yeah. But I guess in 1979, the difference between 429 and 750 Yeah, that's huge. Appreciable. Yeah. One feature that, looking at it, jumps out at me between the Strat and kind of a lot of the other Fender stuff is it's got the kind of Strat back end on it, yeah. but then the yes. input jack goes straight into the body Kind of like a Jazzmaster or Jag style. But it doesn't. All the controls are mounted directly to the pickguard. Yeah. So then they could just say, okay, wire it up and throw it in there. Yep. And the lead one, yeah. two, and three are all routed identically. They could just put whatever pickup complement they want mounted to the pickguard and throw it in there. This thing is built to be customized then. Yeah, you get another pick guard and whatever pickups you want, knock yourself out. Yeah, that's cool. American made, made in Fullerton. Right. No, I don't think they were so very popular because in 82, they began making moves to replace it with things that were even less expensive. We've done the Fender Bullet. Yeah. The Fender Bullet for a hot minute replaced this, and there were even more cost-cutting measures. Remember the pickguard made out of metal, and all they had to do was like yep, bend up the end of it, and yep. it doubled as a bridge? Stuff like that. The bullet's terrible. But even the bullet didn't last, and this became largely replaced by the Squire JV series. JV, is that Japanese? Japan Vintage. Okay. This was when they were first spinning up. 1982 or so? Right. The Fender Japan arm of the business. Yep. It was Fender Japan recreating 50s and 60s Telecasters, Stratocasters, all of that, but at a lower price point. I bet those guitars are sweet. Hot tip, viewers. Any early 80s Squire is more than not going to be really good. Yeah, yeah. Don't scoff. Yeah. You scoffers. So this is the lead three. I'm assuming that one, two, and three are sort of like appointments and the three is the top of the line within the lead series and the one is lower? No. Okay. The primary difference is the pickup complement. One is one pickup, two is two pickups, three is two humbuckers. Yeah, but was this one more expensive than the one? Uh-uh. Huh. They were roughly $429 for the three years they were even in existence. Right. Play some noises with that thing. Okay. seasick yet i hear it ed is not a fan of vibrato i did say that when you were playing this pedal for me let's do a little primer for the viewers yeah this is a tc electronic tailspin pedal yeah you know i've been keeping an eye out for these you're on a kick yeah these are single use pedals you love them no bunches of switches and menus and stuff yep it is a pedal built like a tank that does one thing yeah, it's a big metal box, yeah. two knobs. This yeah. is the vibrato one. I'll chill it out a little bit. Yeah. That's vibrato. Yeah. Now let's switch over to my flint pedal, which has a tremolo on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you tell me what the difference is between tremolo Trem. and 
vibrato. So I don't know that I can scientifically tell you the difference. The vibrato, it's not like hard gating, like a tremolo where it's on off. Click, 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 click. So it gives you more of that seasick effect. Somewhere along the line, it's probably Leo Fender's fault. Oh, yeah, Leo. What happened to Leo? Ah, oh, he got dead. Yep. Maybe he made this decision when he had that sinus infection. He right. wasn't thinking clearly. Thought he was going to die. But, you know, the whammy bars on guitars. Yeah. Also called the tremolo arm. Yep. Which is wrong. Because vibrato is a difference in pitch. Mm. That warble is affected by the pitch of the note. You can hear it. Not into it. Whereas... Tremolo is a change in volume. Your trem arm on your yeah. guitar does affect the pitch of what you play. Right. To call that tremolo is a misnomer. Right. It's actually vibrato. Right. With a vibrato, you cannot get the hard cuts. You have to have the pitch. That's right. With a yeah. vibrato, you can't get the volume changes. It's pitch only. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a TC Electronic tailspin. Yeah. I like having single feature pedals alongside my war and peace sized pedals. I would never put that pedal on a pedal board that I'm making. I can't imagine that being a single use pedal I would use. Yeah, that's cool too. Yeah. You gotta try it. Try and decide. Okay, Ed, the Fender lead series only existed from 79 to 82, mm -hmm. and the lead three mm -hmm. was only in existence for one of those three years. Buy or deny? Buy. All day long. The guitar you're holding, if that thing had the white pickguard, it would be an easy deny. Yeah. I just think it's rad. I like even the old school mechanical toggles that are heavy duty industrial style. Yeah. I like a lot of stuff about this guitar. And when you said the Travis Bean thing, we played Travis Beans and Electrical Guitar Companies and, and Kramers. Kramers. And all of those guitars are guitars that just feel like I should love. This was kind of a shape that was happening in that late 70s. That must have been what was in the air. Right. Just the weight and the sheer volume of those guitars. Yeah. I think they're really cool, but I could never see myself buying one. Yes. This thing has a super similar aesthetic to it, and it's got the two humbuckers, and I feel like you can get almost even a similar sound. Crazy blasphemous. I'd rather have this than a Travis Bean. I think I would too. <laughs> I really like the idea that I'm just hanging out here. Doing my thing, but then I can go into the bridge, split that coil, and roll my treble up. Yeah. That's crazy. And get nuts. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And I think these are fairly inexpensive. And each pickup complement does something slightly different. The one has that series parallel. You can't do that on this. The two has that phasing thing. You can't do that on this. But this has the coil splitting thing. Maybe you need all three. Fender leads. You can get them 
depending on condition, probably rarity, 900 to 2,500. And we should mention, viewers, yeah. that just in 2020, Fender reintroduced the lead series. Yeah. There's a lead three. You can get metallic purple. They're not called the lead series. They're called the player series, made in Mexico. They're not, of course, the lovey-designed pickups. There's that. There's a pretty rad lead two in neon green. Yeah. I'm kind of into that. The reissue ones have some cool colors to them. How much is a lead two? 680 bucks. 680 bucks. There you go. Why not? Yeah. So, Ed, not only do I also give this a buy. Yeah. I gave it a buy. No kidding. <laughs> really? God damn it, John. I plugged it in and was like, oop. And oh. I didn't want to let it get away. So I had to contact Uncle oh, Frank. Oh, that's rad. And inform him that this thing's staying at High Gain headquarters. High Gain. Oh, that's rad. As soon as I heard. That, I was like, oh, crap. We said in that other episode that you do work at Thunder Road Guitars. Yes, I do. And I think it would be really cool to work in a guitar store, but it is dangerous enough just doing this podcast. Yeah. Man, it's got to be so dangerous actually working there. It's pretty dangerous, <laughs> like, especially since we're not uh, money bags over here. No. So I had to go through the contortions in my head like, what do I have that I can sell yeah, or trade? So right. I think I figured out some stuff Frank might like that I can bring in. Yeah, yeah. You know. Here's a very real hot tip. Ooh, hot tip. For the viewers out there. We have a Discord. That Discord is linked on our Instagram page. Find our Discord. There is a non-zero amount of high-gain guitar tradiness that goes on out there on that Discord. You know, we've built a community, and if you're a person that wants to hop in and chat with other guitar collector people, you do your thing. Yeah, you do whatever you want. Yeah. So that's a lot to take in, I know. Yeah. Discord and what are we talking about here, but that's not the extent of it in. No. We've got a website, thehighgain.com. We've got a Patreon. We've got places you can go to leave reviews like iTunes. Sure. We've got an Instagram account. Yeah, we do. I can't keep track of all the places we are, Ed. Right. Damn. We should probably start keeping track of that. Oh, but in yeah. the meantime, they're there for you waiting. Yeah. Cool. Well, congrats, John. That's rad. And before you ever sell this thing, this is on the Ed list. Do not go trading that guitar for some other thing without letting Ed know. I will do that. Because it's on my buy list for sure. Ooh. Okay. Well, until next time then, Ed. Rad. Super rad. Bye. Bye, Ed. <laughs>